0: When you realize what your future can be, you want to do it right. UCF online offers more than 100 fully online programs, plus personalized support from success coaches, so you can get to the future that's right for you. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning.
1: And the University of Louisville's Delphi Center for Teaching and Learning.
0: I am Tom Cavanaugh. And I am Kelvin Thompson. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Hello, Kelvin Thompson.
1: Hello, Thomas B. Kavanaugh.
0: (laughs) You got the B in there, very good. Yeah. Kelvin Z. Thompson. I I don't discuss the middle name. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Um, Well, that was an interesting mug you just flashed on the camera there. I, I picked that up, what is that?
1: That's my <laughs> holdover. I should I should Tom wish you and our listeners a very happy New Year as we release right here on New Year's Day yeah. 2024. Welcome to 2024. <laughs> but I am still using a uh, a December holiday themed jingle bell jingle bam Vintage Disney mug, Tervis tumbler. Some of Tervis Florida's tumbler. best.
0: Yeah, it does. Uh, it looks very festive. Uh, I can't match it. Uh, I've got I've got an iced coffee going today, uh-huh. so it's just in a regular old you know thing with uh, with a straw in it.
1: Regular old thing with a straw in it.
0: Yeah, I'm using all my fancy terminology
1: on, on <laughs> you. But happy New Year! Here happy we are in 2024. We're wow. not recording this in 2024 because it's it's. New Year's Day as this releases, but so we had to we had to do it in 2023.
0: Yeah, but it's pretty close.
1: Yeah, we're really
0: we're really. Close. I can see it from here. <laughs>
1: That's right. It's downhill or uh, across the way, something. So you've got an iced coffee, something, something with a straw in in some yep. kind of a thing. Uh, you're probably wondering what I'm drinking in my very festive mug. I am. Uh, my coffee today is a single origin Yemeni mocha. And it comes from a new roaster and new-to-me roaster, Swiss Mountain Coffee in Zion, Illinois. Uh, The owners are a couple of culinary school grads, but they're doing something very interesting business-wise. They're offering, in addition to their coffee, coffee coffee-infused health and hygiene items like uh, soaps and lotions with like the unroasted un- coffees, they, they do stuff with that, and they're partnering with a startup called Coffee Creations LLC across the river from me here uh, in Louisville, across the river in um, Charlestown, Indiana, to upcycle coffee-related crafts. So it's really interesting work. You'd think that a couple of chefs would just stick to making good coffee, but they're thinking differently about what we expect out of a coffee roaster. And I should add, Uh, importantly, that they have as a goal to make a meaningful connection with developmentally disabled adults in all of those lines of business. The roastery, the coffee-infused products, and the coffee-related crafts. It's all really interesting. I'll put some links in the show notes. But I kind of thought there was maybe a little bit of a a line to be drawn between all of that and today's episode topic. Could you find a connection to today's Um, episode topic?
0: Maybe. I love okay. everything about it, though. Uh, the you know, sort of the the mission behind it, and the the different you know creativity that's evident in in their their you know with the products that they're producing. But uh, I will say, maybe there's something in kind of the the innovative entrepreneurial spirit there. It seems like they've really. Um, really maximize what you can do with coffee and have been really creative and innovative in how they've done it. And I think that if that is your connection, it, I think it plugs into the side of what we're doing here.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I was, that's what I was shooting for. And, um, yeah, it's really kind of cool. Um, actually with this business I met, uh, I was at like a, one of these market, uh, fair kind of things. And, the uh, the roaster was at, both of the businesses were there and, um, the the LLC is run by one of the chefs slash roasters' mothers and sisters. And uh, his younger sister has Down syndrome, and so their mom and the sister have come up with this upcycling craft thing, and then the sister is really uh, learning a lot about the The craft of uh, roasting beans, and they—that's how they got this vision of like, man, developmentally disabled adults is a real opportunity to uh, connect into all the lines of the business. So it's really cool. Uh, And she actually uh, created the sister uh, several uh, coffees of her own. So I'll put some links in there because all the money from those coffees goes to her. So which is great, you know, which is really wonderful. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so do you want to explain to our listening audience uh, how that
1: does sort of <laughs> plug into the topic? I will, I will do my best, but you, you feel free to come behind me with some spackle. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so in our fairly recent 2023 end of call-in show, wrapped up 2023, kicked off 2024, Dr. Bob Hansen, CEO of Upsia, made a statement that stuck with us. He said... Campus leaders may have to choose between business model transformation and legacy structures that do not translate to the complex marketplace of serving today's learners, quote unquote. And it seemed to us that this statement uh, could bear a little bit more unpacking and exploration as we all seek to move forward in our work here in the new year of 2024.
0: How's that? Yep. 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 That's it. Uh, Business models, budgets entrepreneurship, innovation. Like, how does that touch the work that we do every day in online learning? And yeah, I mean, maybe people in positions like yours and mine, sort of the colo of an institution, but I don't think it's exclusive to that. I think it touches kind of any role that you're in, instructional designer, faculty, Mm -hmm. graphic artist, programmer. I mean, all of those require a certain level of innovation, entrepreneurship. You know, we all work in these kind of like Little internal startups in a way. Uh, it, <laughs> I don't know if any of us consider ourselves mature enterprises. Um, even if we've been around a while, it feels like we're always evolving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I'm really glad you said that um, about the, the multiple roles because I was about to say, and and you, dear listener, please don't press stop or pause <laughs> if you're like, this is not your jam, this business model. And, you know, we said all those words, budgets, and you're like, Ugh. But, you know, to your point, Tom, I think about, uh, well, two other guests from 2023, Dr. Kathy Gosser and Neil Mosley, both of whom were also featured in that. Uh, 2023 call-in show, and they both, I think, from their vantage points as uh, a, a faculty member who teaches online classes and as an a instructional designer, educational developer kind of consulting person, in Neil's case, they talk about this stuff as well. They, they're thinking about how the implications, like you just talked about, these different structures, how that applies to their particular role. And that's important for all of us. I think that's exactly right. Good for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean it was it was Neil that sort of talked about serving learners sort of on a mission rather than just kind of diversifying and generating new revenue, right? And that's right. it puts me in mind of of like what Joel Hartman used to say. Uh Joel, a colleague of ours at UCF who has since retired. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things I learned from Joel was that make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, mission aligned. And if you do it right, with meaning the organizational structure, the funding flows the right way and all of that, Mm -hmm. then the money will take care of itself. You know, make sure Mm -hmm. that, but if you, Think you're doing it for money, and it's not mission aligned. It's doomed, and and there are very high profile examples of that across the space over the over the past you know
1: twenty years. Yeah, I um I don't I don't remember this quote exactly, but it was when it was in uh, an early meeting that I had here with um, with the former provost, and um, she made this like she's kind of tossed this little phrase off, and it was something like, we were talking about budgets a little bit, you know, budgets are—what um, I'm going to say, it's not as elegant as what she said—budgets are indications of our values, you know, and I think that's exactly something to hold on to, kind of to Joel Hartman's point as well yeah you know. it's really
0: true. I think we've said this before. I didn't make this up, but you know th- there's plenty of money for all of the initiatives. It's just being spent elsewhere
1: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm.
0: if it's important, it'll get mm-hmm. the the funding and the resources associated mm-hmm. with it yeah, I think that's I think that's true, and you know I've heard uh Joe Zollner, who has run the you know the professional development programs at Harvard, had said when I went through one of those programs many years ago that If you don't have a strategy, your budget is your strategy. Right. You know, it's sort of tail wagging the dog. And so I I think, you know, all of that sort of ties into this idea of um, what's the most effective structure for accomplishing the mission that you in online learning Mm -hmm. or your Mm -hmm. role in online learning Mm -hmm. has been charged to do? Mm -hmm. I think back to Mm -hmm. the conversation that we had with um, Jocelyn Widmer when she Mm -hmm. was on the show. And she talked about doing all those interviews, like a hundred interviews with different chief online learning officers at institutions. And th- what prompted that research on her behalf was trying to find what is the proper, perfect, bo- you know, business model, organizational structure that she should adopt at AM. And she ended up finding out that there wasn't one solution. There was Mm -hmm. what fits your context. Mm -hmm. Now, there are elements that may work or whatever, but you can't just say, this is the model. It it just didn't seem to fit anywhere, which I thought was, that's an interesting learning in and of itself.
1: Yeah, I I think all that's right. And, you know, part of that context is um, your institutional Budget and budget model classification might be quite different than uh, a colleague's, even though you you personally both have high a high view of the place of online education and 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 its strategic role. The, uh, because of the, the the structure of the budget and because of things like reporting lines and other kinds of um, internal institutional structures, your results may vary in terms yeah, of how you proceed. Yeah,
0: yeah and, and of course, the world that I live in that I know you're very familiar with is um, in many ways I feel unique in mm. that... Um, Not in, like, reporting lines. So Mm -hmm. I'm in academic affairs, and a lot of places Mm -hmm. are like that. And actually, I think Mm -hmm. that is the right place for an organization like ours to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the funding is so dependent upon a restricted auxiliary that is a student fee that's statutorily governed that creates such administrative, you know, oversight to -hmm. ensure you're not spending the wrong color money on something that you're prohibited from spending it on. And it's real easy, if you don't pay attention to that, to get yourself in trouble. You would actually be breaking the law if you spent this money on that thing, even though Mm -hmm. both of them are important. Mm -hmm. And it forces us to go through these real machinations to make sure that we're staying compliant yet still doing everything we can to accomplish the
1: mission. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about this in in sort of preparation warm up for today's conversation. But you know, there's there's all kinds of, and this is more your doctor MBA world than you know than my uh, bread and butter. You know, things I think of every single day I have to stretch to 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 live here. But like all the various permutations and combinations of different budget models, right? I know what I know, and I'm you know actively trying to learn every day. But you could classify a lot of things simplistically as centralized approaches versus decentralized approaches. Yep. And I'm in light of what you were just saying, Tom, I think about pre-statutorily governed student fee uh, at your institution, you could argue that there were some centralized decisions um, that were made historically by senior level administrators to invest in online and digital learning back then in a way that would not be easily replicated uh, there or at in other institutions today I think
0: yeah I agree and I think that um, it's a necessary investment now if you want to get in the game and mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think you would have to justify to a board why you're not in the game uh, mm-hmm. given kind of the the post covid emphasis on online learning the growth that we've seen I mean it was growing every year I mean according to the Chloe reports and everything else it was mm-hmm. growing every year anyway covid mm-hmm. i think accelerated that in many ways
1: mm-hmm.
0: and if you're in we've talked about this before if you're an institution that didn't have an online strategy pre covid you better have one now and um, mm-hmm. that that is going to require a level of investment probably and in understanding a, a a business model and, you know, just look at all the searches for various directors of online Mm -hmm. learning or whatever the case might be Mm -hmm. that are going Mm -hmm. on now. I think that's a reflection of some of this recognition. And every single one of these places has a different kind of structure to your centralized, decentralized Mm -hmm. model. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some places... um, take all the money in centrally and do everything and then kind of like buy services, like Mm -hmm. almost like an internal Mm -hmm. OPM um, from the, like I pay for the faculty, I'll pay for Mm -hmm. admission staff or financial aid staff or whatever it is that you need. And then others, it's a much more distributed model where it, it gets, according to a formula, when the money comes in, it already, each dollar gets chopped up into a bunch of different pieces. And you as a centralized support unit may only get a a piece of that but you're not responsible for sort of doling it out. You have a lot less control in a situation like that, but you also potentially, you know, have less overhead to to manage it and and it it is scaling on the back of the institutional infrastructure already. So you don't have to recreate or or pay for some of those services.
1: You know, I it was probably helpful to spend a moment or two to talk, talking about, um, to harken back to Bob Hansen's concept of legacy structures versus kind of new models or, or uh, transformed models. But before we go there, just a plug or two, um, we'll put a link in the show notes. Go, Please, if you if you don't remember the the episode with uh, Dr. Steve Ehrman uh, about related uh, insights from his extensive institutional case study uh, book um, that uh, uses his phrase threefold gains um, of the threefold gains being gains uh, all simultaneously related to quality access and affordability. That's worth a listen. Mm -hmm. Uh, UCF is featured in their as an institution that has leveraged online and digital learning to accomplish those threefold gains, but the other five institutions didn't. And it's interesting just to kind of look through those institutional contexts again and think about how does online learning fit in, support, uh, or relate to, as we're all seeking to to advance student success, student retention, student persistence, student graduation. Anyway, just a just a, a plug. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say, but but business models and and legacy structures and and transformation. Um, maybe we spend a few minutes there. What do you think?
0: Yeah, it's interesting too because we, I've been giving a lot of thought lately and having conversations internally to this concept of you know, what got us here mm-hmm. may not get us there, mm-hmm. and you know m- maybe there is some transformation necessary, even to what I would consider a successful operation like ours, Mm -hmm. depending upon what our ambitions are, um, that that our current organizational structure may not be suited for the revised goals that we might have. And I think Mm -hmm. that could apply to a lot of places, especially if Mm -hmm. you don't have or didn't have a robust or really meaningful online strategy. Getting one means that you probably need to reevaluate how you're supporting it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's all that's all true, and you know, maybe at uh, at a broad level, it's um, I mean, not to be crass about it or anything, but there there's a certain amount of I don't know to what extent all of us, given that we have diverse roles, you know, listeners of, of this podcast uh, typically. Uh, Live somewhere in between one of one or more of three roles: online faculty, instructional designer types, and and uh, administrative leader types, and and maybe not everybody thinks in terms of business models all the time. But at the risk of being a little crass, some of this is: how does the money flow, and is this really about student tuition dollars, and how? far you can stretch those or where you slice them. To your point, Tom, the dollars exist. Uh, they're just, they're flowing somewhere else and we need to dam up the river, and yeah. <laughs> make them flow over this way. Or, or are, there, are there other sources of revenue or, or dollars flowing, you know? Uh, in the world of upsea, right, that's also um, professional and continuing education that's not just academic online learning. How does that fit in? And um, different kinds of structures. It's not just academic, uh, traditional, academic term-length courses that we're talking about. There's all kinds of other, um, dare I say, experience products and experiences and so forth. So, how do you think all that fits into like different innovative structures that would uh, give you a different result?
0: Well, I, I think at the core, it, it requires us to kind of have an entrepreneurial sort of mindset. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whatever business model you inherit or are able to create, um, it's going to be imperfect, and you're going to need to be able to be innovative and entrepreneurial to make it to make it work. In fact, you just mentioned Upsia, and, and Julie Uranus, vice president at, at Upsia, um, made a, a prediction in a in a recent document where you know, she's talking about the the number of chief online learning officers who are making the transition to more senior roles, whether that's provost or something else, mm-hmm. and. They have to have a lot of different, multivaried skills in order to do that, to make that transition. So it includes, yes, being part academic, but as she says, part entrepreneur, part technologist, you know, sitting in the epicenter of teaching, learning, technology, and sustainability. Mm. Um, I, I think in order to kind of have the business model conversation, you kind of have to wear all those hats mm. because whether you're in an RCM model or a direct funding mm-hmm. model or an internal OPM or some combination, um, you're going to have to figure out how to make it work for you to accomplish your mission. And it, I think it's, it's very, as Jocelyn found out, it's very context-specific.
1: Mm-hmm. I think about two related, I don't know if these are... I would think of these as metaphors or examples. I'm not sure what they are, but two two concretizations that sit in my mind side by side uh, to illustrate some of what you just said. One, in a professional development um, offering some years ago, um, I had Southern New Hampshire University's President Paul LeBlanc as a as a speaker and a contributor there, and uh, I think we've talked about. These ideas before on this podcast, but he talked about if you can pull it off, um, the wisdom of setting up a, a separate, firewalled off, innovation-oriented um, entity, enterprise uh, to do innovative work. You know, don't don't try to. You know, there's a there's a wines and wineskins metaphor to be used in there somewhere. Uh, but if you could if if you can pull it off to, you know, go down the street and rent some space and do it all differently over there, do it. I, I don't know, I don't know if, if if it just isn't an option for many of us or if we just don't think about it. So that's one. The other is I think about some of the work that you've done there at UCF. Uh, of working within existing structures, and I think about something as just simple, zoomed in, and concrete as fairly early in the adaptive learning work that you're doing there to try to deal with variable time to completion of courses. Uh, There was this effort to try to work within existing exception structures so that a student could finish early and then maybe enroll in the next course in the sequence, or needed more time and so, you know, stayed and then like late added or what have you, whatever the whatever the thing. But I think about those two ideas. One is kind of making things work in a different way creatively within the existing structure, and then another is like, nope, we're gonna do something from the ground up completely different. How do you think, how do you approach uh, this kind of work—is it, it a? Your results may vary, or we, how do you how do you think about this in terms yeah, of? Yeah, wow,
0: well, you're really you're um, you're you're singing my tune, Kelvin, because I I think about this so much. Um, I, I really, I have a ton of respect for Paul LeBlanc, who just announced mm. he's stepping down. I think you may have seen that. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, had the chance to say hi to him once or twice. <laughs> Not that he'd remember me. But I've uh, <laughs> seen him speak many times and a big, big fan. Um, and what he did by kind of creating this little skunk works at SNHU mm-hmm. to get the online operations sort of started worked for that place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But... I'm not sure setting up a completely separate unit. I mean, they had executive support to do that. But if you just tried to do it without the executive support, I think you could easily get marginalized and not be able to kind of have the impact or the resourcing that you needed to, to do what you were trying to accomplish. Like, I, I mean, I remember having a conversation with some of our budget folks and some leadership about trying to rethink some stuff for ucf online and made a suggestion that maybe we could kind of just carve it off like that in its own way maybe as its Mm -hmm. own auxiliary all the money flows in there and then we buy the services or something sort of like i said earlier Mm -hmm. and There was some hesitation to that. Part of that is because we had just implemented an RCM budget model, and the very last thing they wanted to do was start carving out a bunch of exceptions to that, which I understand completely. But they also said, well, we can accomplish the same thing. If you figured out kind of what that amount would be, then perhaps we could just figure out a way that you get a direct appropriation through the budget process for that same amount or something close to it so that the end result could be the same. So... I think that maybe that's a way to sort of square your circle of, like, should it be inside, should it be outside? There might be different pathways to get you to the same result Mm -hmm. depending upon your unique circumstances. Not everybody's got a new RCM bottle that they're they're Mm going to just not give you any exceptions. But you might Mm -hmm. still be able to get the resources you need to accomplish what you're being asked to accomplish through another mechanism.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's helpful. I know our um, coffee's dwindling and... The attention span of our listeners is dwindling. What do you think—this is, a, again, a, a rather intricate and, and, and um, entangled complex web of concepts and maybe not everybody lives here every day—what what do you think are practical implications uh, for our listeners regardless of what they do every day?
0: Well, I think having an awareness of some of this stuff really makes you way more valuable um, as opposed to somebody who just sort of complains or, or like, well, why am I not getting the funding that I need to do the thing that I need to do? Well, when you have, I think, a broader perspective of the wider picture, I think you you get a much better understanding of kind of how the sausage is made and have a much better opportunity to kind of influence that. Um, it, one thing that I always say to people is, like, when you're asking for something, make a case. Like, mm-hmm. explain to me how this benefits the university, the students, the division, whatever it is. You know, best of all is how it's going to benefit the students. But mm-hmm. without that case, just asking for something, it's going to be really hard to say, well, I should give you these limited resources instead of this other thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, understanding your role in it and and you know, leading from where you are in that in that space, I think I think is is something all of us can do.
1: Yeah, that's good. I think that's a uh, that's a helpful piece of advice uh, for every season of the year, not just the <laughs> new year. Uh, but hey, as we're here in the new year and everybody's filled with new aspirations and new refreshed energy, maybe that's that's something to to lean into and, and take hold of. Uh, shall I try to? Wrap this up before we get out of here?
0: Yeah, go ahead, Kelvin, wrap it up.
1: I'll wrap it up. Uh, There's probably some ribbon left over here (laughs) somewhere from a discarded package. If we keep doing what we've been doing, we're going to keep getting what we've been getting. Uh, I say that regularly. Innovation often requires making structural changes if we're going to better serve a wider variety Of potential learners. How's that?
0: Yeah, uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting conversation to me anyway, and um, you know, we'd love to hear feedback from all of you if you uh, have dealt with this issue uh, wherever you are in the organization and whether it's funding, creative funding challenges or, you know, organizational changes, reporting line changes, things like that. I'm fascinated by all of that. So maybe before before we bid adieu, um, I can just do a really quick plug here in the new year. Mm-hmm. Ask our mm-hmm. listeners make a resolution to go out wherever you listen to TopCast, and uh, maybe share a link to your favorite online learning professional. Just pick an episode, one that maybe you like or you think that they will resonate with, and, um, and just send them a link and say why why you think TopCast would speak to them. What a great way to
1: start the new year. Right, I can think of no better way (laughs) to start the new year.
0: All right, awesome. Well, Happy New Year, Kelvin.
1: Happy New Year, Dr. Kavanaugh.
0: Until next time, for TopCast, I'm Tom.
1: I'm Kelvin. See ya.